Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Detour Life. Detour Life is a game changer for both family law professionals and clients alike. Detour Life is an innovative online program which guides clients to easily input and organize the exhaustive document and financial disclosure process and provides professionals with streamlined and secure case management. In addition, Detour Life has comprehensive client onboarding, a secure document repository, income and expense sync, parenting plan agreement features, and much more. I use Detour Life myself, and honestly, one of my favorite features, and one that my clients love as well, is that they can securely link all of their financial accounts directly to the Detour Life platform so that their information is automatically uploaded and updated as time goes on. So whether you're getting a divorce or are a divorce professional, I urge you to check it out yourself. Go to Detour Life, that's D-T-O-U-R dot L-I-F-E, and sign up for their free 14-day trial. Then use code SUSAN20 to get 20% off a subscription. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. We get up and do what we do because that's what we did the day before or because that's what require that's what's required of us. But it's not actually what we want to do. It's not what we're prioritizing in life. And that's where I dig into fine with my clients often because it really comes down to what do you want to create your life to be like? Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today we have with us Shannon McGorry again. She's back. Um, Shannon has been with us twice in the past. She did a special one of our bonus episodes during the very early days of COVID, um, Life in Limbo, Handling the Stress and Chaos of Life during COVID-19, which you all you know clicked on quite a bit when, we, when COVID first started. But then Shannon came back and did another episode, Avoiding the Void, Facing the Future and Thriving After Divorce. And I was just telling Shannon, that show is in consistently in the top three of all of my, I mean, I think I've just gone over 50 episodes and every week it's being downloaded in the top three or four. Um, so clearly there's information about avoiding the void and that Shannon's you know, way of getting that across to people that's really resonating with you. So we were talking about doing a maybe a little bit deeper dive. And as we were talking about topics, Shannon came up with... Shannon came up with fed up with fine, the concept of what's next. And I heard that and went, ding, 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 ding. We have a winner because (laughs) there's something about that phrase fine. And we'll dive into that a little bit more. First, I just want to say, Shannon, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks so much for having me, Susan. It is such a pleasure to speak with you always. And um, I'm looking forward to our, our topic today as well. 
Yeah, I think this is really an interesting topic. Um, But first, I just want to remind everyone, you are a certified professional coach, um, and you specialize in divorce and life empowerment. So you don't just work with people who are going through divorce, although you do. Um, But you work with people really going through all kinds of major or not so major changes in their life. Um, And I really think that that's an important distinction for people because all day long people are, you know, something is happening in their lives and they're like, oh, I've got to go out and get a coach for this. But really things can be fine and a coach can help you as well uh, move beyond fine. So um, I will have all of your contact information again in the in the show notes. But let's talk about fine um, because there's so, and you hear how I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because after you and I talked about this topic, I actually heard from one of my listeners. Her name's Mary H. She said I could I could use her name and initial, um, and she said. You know, Susan, everything's fine. I mean, my life is fine. We're fine. Why am I so unhappy? What's wrong? I just can't get away from it. So, you know, what is wrong with fine? Yeah. So um, it's even in the way we say it, right? Because it's just so blah. There's nothing behind it. We might as well not even answer the question because it's just this neutral place where we may be swimming in indecision about something. We may be lost that light inside of ourselves. I say to my clients all the time, we're like an onion and we peel, we put these layers on top of ourselves. Maybe we get married. Maybe we take on, you know, an an enormous career or we become a mother or we do whatever it is that we're doing in life and our light gets a little dull. And we compromise with other people or we take on other responsibilities and it's fine, but it's not really what we're passionate about. We don't really feel this intense pull of our purpose in life. Um, And so I think that's where a lot of the fine comes from. We get up and do what we do because that's what we did the day before or because that's that's what's required of us. But it's not actually what we want to do. It's not what we're prioritizing in life. And that's where I dig into fine with my clients often because it really comes down to what do you want to create your life to be like? What are your habits and your priorities? And how do we get back in touch with those so that you're living way more than fine? And I know divorce can be one of the toughest things we go through and it can be this roller coaster of emotion. And so sometimes right before divorce or during divorce, we have pockets of it or after, after divorce, Fine feels okay for a little bit because it's not devastation. It's not overwhelm. It's not sadness. It's not disappointment. It's fine. But that expires, Susan. Like that has an expiration date because then at some point we just are living this block. We're, we're a victim of divorce or we're just treading water in our life when we really have so much more potential and so much more passion that we could be living out. Yeah, well, and so you said something in there that just really jumped out at me um, about purpose, because I I just wrote an article not long ago for um, The Nook Online, which is a a site for women, and it was uh, about 
it was about my personal pivot during COVID where I went from really being um, a mediator, uh, working with people in divorce to helping other mediators to transition online and training them um, on how to do their mediations online. And for me, it was a really successful and happy pivot because it aligned with my personal purpose, which is to help people. Mm-hmm. And and I was able to help a, a large swath of my colleagues go through a very difficult time. And so when you talk about purpose um, as something that maybe distinguishes fine from better than fine, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I really love that. But how do you define your purpose? How do you, I mean, I know a lot, I mean, it's an easy one to say, oh, I want to help people. For me, it goes deeper and I could go into the layers of that, like your onion. But how do you help people define that purpose? Yeah. So we do a lot of work because there's so many external forces, right, Susan? It's like, this is who I am to this other person, or this is my role, or this is my title. And those are the external things that are acting upon us. So what we want to do is pause on that for a second and really harness and focus our power internally, not in a selfish way, but in a way where we're getting back in touch with the core of who we are. What are our gifts and talents? What lights us up? What are we being drawn to, to do? Because like for you helping people, we even need to, you, you had to go deeper with that, right? Because you could help a number of different groups of people with a number of your different gifts and talents. So we match up what you feel called to and what your gifts and talents are. And we get clear on your priority because let's face it with what we prioritize in our life overall, let's just take it down, drill it down to a daily prioritization. What we prioritize in our day affects what we think. It affects how we live. It affects how we treat others. It affects what we allow in, allow into our schedule and what we compassionately say no to. And so when we can get clear on that purpose by digging into who you are at your core, by looking at your gifts and talents, by thinking about the habits that you have in place, then we're able to sketch out those values and priorities and decide what's on our daily get to do, not our to-do list, our get to do list, and what is compassionately said no to. And that's slowly how we shift back into our internal power And we shift that externally because then we're able to live more in alignment with that purpose that you talked about. Well, and I have to just go into the compassionate. No, I can't, I can't let that (laughs) slide on by because first off, what a fantastic phrase. Um, But what do you, let's, let's define a compassionate no, and then tell people how to, how to deliver a compassionate no, because we need that. No is a complete sentence and we don't use it. No, and we feel bad for saying it. Mm -hmm. So how many times are you asked to do something? It's like, fine. You know, it plays back (laughs) into that fine again, where maybe a compassionate no would be so much more in alignment with your purpose. And it would actually keep you in a place of more joy or more fulfillment because you're not doing it out of obligation or resentment or a dutiful responsibility that you think you have. So a compassionate no is, I run it through my filter of, is this in alignment with who I want to be? Am I intentionally saying yes to this because it, it, it allows me to honor one of my values? So for me, is it, is it honoring my value of faith or family or physically being my best? And that means mind, body, and soul. Those are my top three. 
So if I'm saying yes, it needs to be in alignment with one of those three values. If it's not, then I need to compassionately say no to that. And I'm activating the compassion for myself and for those that I love and care for. So the no doesn't have to come with guilt or shame or judgment because I'm activating the compassion towards myself. And that can be a really powerful place to stand. I, I think about that. And, and it, I think it's an interesting thing because most people will think that it's the compassion for the other person that you're, which I'm, I know is layered in there, but we have such a hard time being compassionate to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and how many times a day do you say yes to your own detriment, uh, which is really not showing compassion to yourself um, right. because you become run down your, your, your limited resources for your, what you do value and what lights you up. We're going to talk about that next because I like that phrase too. Um, you know, it, you're, you're taking away from those things and right. from yourself for you know somebody else's needs which there's a certain level that we have to do of that as you said there are external forces absolutely when we can use that compassionate no we you know when we don't use that compassionate no and we end up frustrated and resentful and where our energy is expended you know we can learn from that because we can understand okay some of my values weren't honored there and next time maybe i do try the compassion yeah, I, the compassionate no is going into my repertoire for my day. Um, and I also love that phrase you use, like what lights you up, What what? because I, I can say when I am in alignment with my passions and, and what compels me and with helping others and, and those needs of my own are being met, I do feel lit up. I do feel uh, like there's an inner just radiance or glow. It makes me happy. I get, I call it jazzed up, but you know, that's probably I'm older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So how do people get, or, you know, I I think it probably goes down to identifying the values, Mm -hmm. right? As as you said, I love your, you pointed your three out. How, How do you work with people to, to get, that understanding. Cause I, I bet most people don't like, if you say to someone, what are your top three core values? How often do you get a boom, boom, boom answer? No, I get silence. And then, wow, that's a great question because it's not something we're usually asked. It's what do you do? What are your jobs? Where do you live? Do you have kids? Where'd you go to school? It's not an internal question. Um, and so to hold that silence and let someone really think about that for a minute, and then it starts, you know, cause then you've opened up their heart and their mind to, wow, what, what is important? Um, and there's a variety of exercises and skills that we pull into that. We, we go back to who were you in your twenties, in your thirties, in your forties, who do you want to be now? And looking at the next five, 10, 15 years. And that's an amazing exercise that people can pull on different times in their life where they felt so strong or they used some skill or gift or talent and they just kind of lost it or forgot about it or put it aside for a little bit and then never picked it back up again. And it's like, when you think about like what got you to this point, is it going to get you to the next point? Maybe you put something on the sideline for a little bit, but if you want to pick it back up again now, nothing's holding you back, but yourself maybe. 
Um, so it's doing those types of exercises. I'm certified to do an energy leadership assessment, which is fascinating. There's seven levels of energy that we all bop in and out of all day long, but we do have primary bands where we exist most of the time. And as I work with clients on educating them and creating this awareness of these energy levels, a lot of the light comes out of them because they're like, yeah, that's when I am this way. And that's why I feel so joyful when I'm doing this. So we're able to get back to them in that exercise as well. Um, but yeah, it really comes down to those values and to, to taking a look at what matters to us, what are those priorities. And, and so we can do that in a variety of ways, but it's, it's holding that space for someone, Susan, to really look inside themselves and answer that question. Yeah, well, and I I like the light energy and then lighting yourself up and the, the decade exercise. I never actually thought about that because you're right. You know, what we do in our life is life unfolds and those external forces come to play. Something that did light us up, maybe we, we think we're setting it aside for because it doesn't fit our lives right in this moment. And whether that was, you know, playing in a band when you were 19 or you know, decorating your decoupage, whatever, when you were 20 or whatever that might be. I'm just, you know, making things up and clearly having a hard time doing that. But I love that decade sort of progression of thinking about it because that is one of the things that we lose over time as we get busy or we get bogged down in the day to day. But there's probably also a future element to things as well, where we've never done something before. Um, I, and I think for myself, like one of the things that I've started to in the past few years do quite a bit of is public speaking and, and um, going out, well, not so much going out anymore, but virtually speaking to people. And that's one of those things that gets me jazzed up. I love talking to people. I love getting that interaction and being able to help people by bringing information. But other than being in a courtroom and speaking publicly mm-hmm. that way, I'd never really done it before until yeah. the past couple of years. So how do and thank you... thank goodness you do. I'm uh, so glad that you started that. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, it's, you know, honestly, it was the podcast um, that got me started because I found out... I love talking to all my friends and colleagues and everyone has such wonderful information that there's joy in the creation of the content to put it out there for people. And then there's joy in the feedback of hearing that even if it's only one person Mm -hmm. that a a nugget of information helped and I'm, and I'm lucky and and joyful to say it's more than usually one person, but that's worth it. That's absolutely worth it. And I know that's what you're doing, you know, with coaching and it must be such a rewarding career for you. It really is. And it's so up and coming still. I don't think a lot of people know a lot about coaching and it can be, um, it doesn't have to be because something's like you said, something major is wrong. It's really the ability to invest and prioritize yourself. And when we're fed up with fine, it's a great time to do it because, you know, you've kind of hit that speed bump where maybe you're coasting a little bit and you don't realize what's possible and how much better things could be. And sometimes you just need someone to be your partner in that part of the journey to kind of get some clarity, have some accountability and create that space that's really dedicated for you. 
Yeah. Well, and you just said that one of what I think are the magic words of coaching, and that's accountability. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I've been working um, as a coach with some colleagues who are transitioning their careers much as I did. Um, and I, I, I have one of my clients, I just love her because every month when we get on for the two hours, we're going to talk. She's like, thank God I had this appointment with you today, Susan, because if it weren't for this appointment today, yesterday, I wouldn't have done my website or done, uh-huh. you know, done this or done that. So yeah. that in and of itself, how many times in our lives do we think, oh, I'm going to do this yeah. or I'm going to do that. But at a very basic level, a coach is your accountability partner. They're there to make sure you actually do do the things that you're deciding to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I work with clients over long spans of time. And so we'll have, you know, we'll set our our tackle list in the beginning of the things that he or she wants to work on. And I have mine that I generally do with clients, but we customize and create this, you know, weekly, monthly agenda. And then we'll have check-ins periodically. It could be three months, could be six months, just depending on the length of the scope of work. And I actually had a client last week, I sent her the kind of the check-in and she wrote back to me and said, I, I think you accidentally sent me someone else's, which I hadn't, but you have that brief moment of, okay, could that have happened? And she said, and then I realized, oh my gosh, look how far I've come. She's like, I read back, those were the thoughts I had when we started. And now I'm standing in this other place way over here. She said, I couldn't even remember that that's who I was. How powerful is that? Yeah. You know, thinking about somebody who doesn't even recognize themselves in such a short space in time. I'd like to take a moment now to tell you about my favorite co-parenting app, FAIR. There are other apps out there, but FAIR is the only one that I recommend to my clients. We know that divorce is never easy, and when children are in the picture, it can be really tricky, especially when you're trying to communicate with your ex, and that's a challenge. Now there's an app with you and your kids in mind. It's called FAIR, F-A-Y-R. FAIR is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. It helps to eliminate misunderstandings while also improving communication between co-parents. Here's what the FAIR app can do. It has a time-sharing calendar, documentable text messaging, an expense tracker, a GPS check-in, and by the way, no one else has that, a monthly parenting report, a private journal, a file vault, and importantly, you can export all of the records into a convenient and time and date stamped PDF when you need it for your attorney or for court, and there's a Spanish version of the app as well. So subscribe at BeFair.com, that's B-E-F-A-Y-R.com, and then download FAIR from the App Store or Google Play. You can go to FAIR.com for more details and use the discount code SUSANG18 to receive 20% off. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her guest, Shannon McGorry, on how to shake up the status quo when you are fed up with FINE. Exactly. That can be the window that we need to realize, okay, what is possible here? Some people are so resigned to, well, this is how it is. It is how it is, but how do you want it to be? And how can we move one step closer and then the next step closer and the next step closer after that? If you are enjoying this episode, check out Toxic Masculinity. 
The Untold Cost to Men and Women with Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, the Divorce Doctor. Specifically refers to the messages that men are given that being emotional, being vulnerable, being open and sensitive is not masculine. It makes you weak and in some for some people feminine. And now we return to today's show. I think people think coaching is one of those things that's going to, you know, it's a long, long, long path and it's going to take forever. And, you know, there's all different kinds of coaching relationships and, and coaching patterns. Um, yeah. Do you work with some people in a short term to deal with certain issues, but in, maybe in a longer term, depending on what their goals are? Exactly. And sometimes it evolves over time. They may come in because they're dealing with this specific career change where they're questioning their relationship. And so we set, you know, a shorter time frame or scope of work. And then sometimes we'll finish that and they'll go on their merry way and they'll come back a little bit later and say, okay, now we've got another one. Or sometimes they'll finish that and say, okay, that's great work. But actually, you know, that was kind of just the tip of the iceberg. This is really what I'm dealing with. And then we'll go into a longer scope of work. Um, So it really is individualized and customized based on their needs. Um, but it is that, that creating that space for them, putting their life on pause for one hour a week where they can just talk about themselves. And I read something the other day where it was like 67% of Americans or something, it was, it was between 60 and 70% feel like they have no one that will listen to them, like about the real stuff of life, which is a pretty daunting statistic when you think about it. And, you know, especially in these days, we're all in our own head. We're kind of isolated to some extent. And if we don't have that outlet, we are going to feel fine because there isn't that stuff that's lighting us up. Yeah. Well, and you know, maybe there's that, that definition of fine that we were starting to look for in the beginning is, is, you know, it's not that anything's wrong or bad, but there's no being lit up. There's no getting jazzed about waking up each day. And there is that repetitive quality. uh, When I talk to people about, well, it's fine. And it's funny because every time I say the word, I have to say it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that in and of itself tells people, People. But I do, th- I, I, I think maybe an aha for people in all of this is if the fine or fed up with fine is where they're at, there is actually help or coaching just to help you through that. I do think that especially around divorce, I, people are starting to understand that what a divorce coach can do. Uh, people understand a business coach. They're going to come in and help you get your business pulled together and your business plan and where you're going to go, which is, by the way, awesome. Yes. I've worked with business coaches. It's been, you know, mind or world life changing. Yep. But there is coaching just to help you optimize your life, right? Just to create, and you used another word and let's hone in on that because I like, I use this one and I tell people this about divorce. It is a time in life where you get to create to some degree your future. And we don't have that many opportunities in life where we have an almost, I won't say it's fully blank slate, but we do have something of a blank slate where we can start to make changes or looking at what we want to do in the future. So whether it's divorce or some other change or just fed up with fine, yes, it's the time to start making changes. 
exactly. That can be the window that we need to realize, okay, what is possible here? Some people are so resigned to, well, this is how it is. It is how it is, but how do you want it to be? And how can we move one step closer and then the next step closer and the next step closer after that? Yeah, I, I love that there's a progression. And I what I heard you saying about giving people the feedback and the check-ins, um, there's also such power in that. One of my favorite phrases, and I got it from one of my therapists a million years ago, um, where I had when a light bulb go off when he said something to me. And he said, well, Susan, awareness is the beginning of everything. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're not aware, then nothing will ever change because it just is. Yeah. Um, it's the awareness of the blahness of feeling fine um, or that you're, you know, you're, you're not feeling like you're fulfilling your purpose. Um, and yeah. I think a lot of people right now, especially you mentioned earlier, we're feeling uh, somewhat uh, alone or, or separated from people be- during COVID and during quarantine. It's harder to self-care. We've been talking mm-hmm. about that on other episodes. You know, things like the exercise, going to the gym class. I'm a soul cycler. I like that loud mm-hmm. music in the yeah. dark room and all that. But I'm not comfortable going and sitting in that dark room with a bunch of sweaty people right now. <laughs> um, so, you know, you have to make changes in your life to do that self-care and stress relief. Yeah. Um, and that in and of itself, though that we're almost in a pause in life right now yeah and 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 I used to treat that I used to treat the quarantine and and COVID a bit of that way and then I shifted Susan because I was like I don't know how long this will exist in this manner and I'm unwilling to pause my life for this long so I had to shift and go back to something to pull in therapy one of my therapists said to me at one point which is habits combat circumstances and I, similar to, you know, feeling like life is on pause right now during COVID, I felt that way during my divorce because it was like, well, this isn't what I want. This isn't what I worked for. I feel like a lot is out of my control, um, which being type A control perfectionist, I didn't really like that, but so much. Yeah. <laughs> didn't yeah. feel good. <laughs> um, so I had to take a good hard look in the mirror and realize, okay, there may be things I can't control or things, circumstances that are not of my choosing. So I'm going to have to go back to my habits because that's the only thing that's going to combat the circumstances. And so if I don't want my life on pause, how am I going to create habits that still allow me to honor my values and show up for the priorities in my life, even given the boundary, whether it's divorce or covid or something other, some other circumstance in your life that you see as a blockade or something that's holding you back, what habits can we talk about that might open that up a little bit more? Yeah. And that harkens back to our last episode, right? Avoiding the void. Um, And we've used the word limbo um, because I do believe that the word, you know, limbo is one of the worst places to exist. It just, I I always call it Dante's eighth rung of hell, whether it's, you know, the, the limbo of, do I want to still be married? If, whether it's the limbo of I'm getting divorced, whether it's the limbo of living through COVID. So I so grateful that you brought up the fact that there is an ability to even shift that. Um, and you know, the habits combat circumstances harkens back to that prior episode, Um, but refresh our memory just 
you know, specifically on the underpinnings of habits um, and creating the, the habits? Yeah. So we want to tie it to the values of what we're, you know, but because the, the habits are really to honor the values or the priorities. So if we take mine of faith, then what's my habit daily that's honoring that faith? Is it 10 minutes of prayer when I get up in the morning? Is it a Bible study every week? Is it going to a service or mass or some, some group community essence of that? What are those habits in place, which are going to tie me back to those values and priorities, which is going to be my anchor, Susan. Um, I mean, those are the things you probably see it behind me. I just was going to say there's, for those who are not watching, there's an anchor hanging on the wall behind Shannon. Yeah. Um, I I taught my girls when we, we went through the divorce, um, the first Christmas we had moved from Florida to uh, Pennsylvania. And the first Christmas we were here, I said to them, we gave each of our family members a small little anchor, like a little silver anchor. And they said, mom, why, why the anchor? They were little at the time. And I said, an anchor, you know what an anchor is? It holds you still when the waters of, of life get a little bit rough. Like I explained why a boat would have an anchor. And I said, people can be our anchors in life. Our habits can be our anchors. They hold us steady when things are unsteady. And so we gave, you know, our family members anchors as ways to say, thank you for being our support during the divorce, being that, being there for us when life was really tough. Um, and so we had prepared the gifts ahead of time. And then that Christmas morning, I wasn't part of it, but they had shopped for me and I opened a gift and there was a bracelet with an anchor on it. And oh. they both sat there like just, you know, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, they got it. You know, they, they're like, mommy, it's an anchor for you because you've been ours. And it's just like, okay, you know, that's the lesson. Um, and so it goes back to internally, what are our anchors? What are those things that are keeping us steady when life gets a little bit rocky, when there's, you know, it could be the up end of divorce. It could be COVID. It could be getting on to get on. It could be the repetitiveness of life. So what's going to anchor us? It's going to be those habits that have us honoring the values. So it's putting on the, the sneakers and running outside, even though it may be cold and we would rather be in the soul cycle room. It's going to be me rolling out my yoga mat next to my dog when I'd really rather be in the dark room that's 95 degrees and the music, you know, is, is, is zen and calming and it smells like lavender. I can't get that right now. So it's going to have to be this other thing over here. Um, in order to anchor my soul, in order to to keep me top of my game. Yeah. And for people, there's such power in establishing those habits and modifying them. So what I heard in what you were just saying is, you know, yes, for me, it's the dark room, the soul cycle, the grapefruit candle and the loud music. I can't have that right now, but you know what I've got? I've got the home soul cycle bike right now and I put a TV on my wall and I beam it up there and I turn out the lights yep. and they sent me a candle and I burn that <laughs> and I've made my own, you know, at home by myself little studio. Um, so there's such power for people in those habits, in modifying those habits. Nothing ever stays. I, I just did an episode um, with a woman who became a Buddhist monk um, in her spiritual journey. And one of the lessons that we pulled out of her book um, was nothing it lasts forever. 
you know, nothing is permanent. Um, and so even if your, your habits are serving your values right now, and then something changes in life, your habits can change, but they can still serve your values. Yeah, absolutely. And I say that to clients all the time, like our values do change. It's like your podcast podcast episodes, they move up and down the list based on the chapter of life we're in. And that's completely fine. We just want to make sure we're changing our habits as well, because that's where we can get stuck in that rut when we don't update ourselves, when we're not really taking a look at, is this who I still want to show up as, or do I need to change a little bit? I mean, we change our clothes or we update our technology. Why are we not checking in with ourselves to update the way that we're living our life? Well, my technology auto updates, but (laughs) it's like my Apple, my, my phone does it for for me, but (laughs) we're almost at the end of the time, but you, you said something and, and I want to just bring it out because, and it's, it's not necessarily on our topic for today, but something that you said, I I just really want to, to focus on. You said when you were talking about your daughters, um, and the anchor story, when we went through the divorce and I, I, hit me right here, right in the heart. Um, I love that you see that as something that, that we went through and we had anchors and we experienced, um, I've been doing a special series with Christina McGee, um, one of the leading parenting experts in the country, trying to focus divorce and parenting and co-parenting on kids and their experience as opposed to the parents' experience. Um, so, you know, when you say it that way, I assume, I, I'm guessing there's some reasoning behind that. Yeah, I mean, we did go through the divorce. It was everyone who was involved. And I'm so grateful that um, my girls did have the anchors in their life, whether it was me, their dad, their extended family and friends, um, because it is an enormous life event. And to think that they felt anchored in any capacity, whoever it was that was showing them that love and care and support, I think that's what we all strive for. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't let it go because it was it's beautiful. And it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, one of the episodes we did was parenting plans aren't for parents. Right. You know, parenting, it's all about the kids. Um, so that there's so much love in saying when we went through the divorce, there's so much acknowledgement of what your children experienced, your daughters experienced and their experience of it and that it's a part of them in their life and their history and their story forever. So I, um, I, love that you you phrase it that way um and and I'm certain that your daughters are doing very well knowing that they have a mom who is their anchor and uh and who thought of their experience uh as as you went through your experience um so Shannon fed up with fine everyone yeah <laughs> there are many ways to move beyond fine everyone so I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you and you have some wonderful um free gifts and offers for listeners. So tell us, but I will put everything in the show notes, but tell everyone who's listening. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So um, in the show notes will be a link that they can go to. And there's a variety of resources there. One is actually um, a free coaching call centered around fed up with fine. So no matter where you are in your journey or what has you kind of feeling that sandpaper under your skin, or even just a blah, um, I'd love to offer your listeners a, a free coaching session to dig in and see what's possible. Um, there's another resource listed there, Susan, which is the guide, a guide to the unexpected divorce. And I say unexpected because none of us ever walk down the aisle thinking, okay, you know, this is going to have an expiration date here. Um, so there's a guide there 
about how to kind of process and move through what you may be experiencing. And then there's just some other resources there, a link to my website where they can read more about my story or testimonials from other clients who have worked with me. Um, and then obviously ways to get in touch with me directly. Wonderful. And your the, the name of your website, I love it. So love strength and grief. That's it's just a wonderful name. So, and that is actually Shannon's handle on Instagram as well at Love Strength and Grace. So follow her. I do, and she has some wonderful posts. Um, so, Shannon, again, thank you so much for coming back and sharing with listeners. Again, this is going to be another one of those episodes I think that really resonates um, with people. It's not an extreme, but most of our lives are not extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, and fed up with fine, it, it, there's something there, people. So thank you. Susan, thanks so much for the opportunity. It's always such a pleasure to talk with you. You as well. So we'll be doing this again. All right. Sounds great. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond. Oh,